the right direction. However, you know, the government uh, has been pretty consistent in prioritizing the economy over public health, kind of like the, the Donald Trump plan. So, you know, there is some concern that the government is easing up a bit too soon at this point, and we will see another surge in cases a month from now. But, you know, again, with COVID, with, with the Delta variant, with the Mu variant, who really knows? Okay, William, thank you very much for that. That's William Pesic, Tokyo-based journalist and author. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And in Tokyo, Japanese shares, the Nikkei 225 is off about half a percent at the moment. In South Korea, stock's off there as well, about 0.2%. In Australia, the ASX 200 is down 0.6%. Futures markets indicating a fall, uh, sorry, a rise of about 100 points for the Hang Seng at the open. And in the commodities markets, Brent crude oil trading at $79.33 a barrel, gold at $1,751 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock for Money Talk. Stay tuned for Back Chats with Jim Gould and Ada Wong in just a moment. The weather forecast. Mainly fine and very hot. There is a very hot weather warning in force. It's going to be about 33 degrees in urban areas today. And the outlook is for it to be mainly fine and very hot, apart from isolated showers in the next couple of days. Temperature right now is 29 degrees, 75% relative humidity. Just gone 8.31, here's Barry O'Rourke with the half-hour news. Conservationists say the chief executive, Carrie Lam, should prioritise developing brownfields for housing when she delivers her policy address a week on Wednesday. Greenpeace and LIBOR research community say a study they carried out found that 160 hectares of such unused former industrial sites that could provide for around 50,000 public housing flats. Caesar Choi from LIBA Research Community said converting the sites would solve the problem of unused brown fields as well as being less costly than land reclamation or using country parks. If we resort to other more costly options in terms of money and in terms of environmental costs, such as you know, reclamations and developing country parks, it wouldn't be a sensible choice. And brownfield itself, it's much more lower than reclamation and country parks and itself is a problem to solve. So we ask that Caroline uh, solve the housing problem and the brownfield problem itself in their policy draft. The acting chief executive, John Lee, says Hong Kong needs to boost its COVID measures to avoid bringing virus risks to the mainland. He made the comments after attending a meeting on epidemic control with mainland officials in Shenzhen yesterday. During the talks, Mr Lee said reopening the border would benefit the economy, though no timetable on the border's reopening was discussed. Speaking to the press after returning to the SAR, Mr Lee said Hong Kong needed to maintain the effectiveness of its anti-COVID measures. We need to improve our anti-epidemic measures, including the testing requirements for people crossing the border or in terms of quarantine management and our entire risk management system. We will actively and quickly come up with decisions on strengthening our measures. If there are individual cases, we will efficiently detect them early on and intercept them and ensure the risk will not be brought to the mainland. Superstar singer R. Kelly has been convicted of leading a decades-long sex crime ring, with the New York jury finding him guilty on all nine charges, including the most serious of racketeering. After six weeks of disturbing testimony, the jury deliberated just nine hours before finding the 54-year-old celebrity guilty of systematically recruiting women and teenagers for sex. Prosecutor Jacqueline Kasoulis welcomed the verdict. 
Today's guilty verdict forever brands R. Kelly as a predator who used his fame and fortune to prey on the young, the vulnerable, and the voiceless for his own sexual gratification. A predator who used his inner circle to ensnare underage girls and young men and women for decades. South Korea's military has said that North Korea has fired an unidentified projectile into the sea off its east coast. The launch comes days after the North's leader, Kim Jong-un's influential sister, Kim Yo-jong, a key advisor to her brother, dangled the prospect of an inter-Korean summit. There'll be more news on the hour from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Ada Wong. Good morning, Ada. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, e-vouchers and supermarket price rises uh, and a hot September. The public and the economy are about to receive another boost from the government's $5,000 consumption voucher scheme, although some consumers have complained about markups uh, in supermarkets uh, and in other shops as well. Concern groups have warned that the scheme is driving up inflation in basic necessities and that the big stores have become less generous and are offering fewer discounts. Have you seen uh, price increases when you shop? With the second instalment of the vouchers due on Friday this week, can we expect more price inflation? After 9.15, we're discussing the persistent very hot weather with this month on track to be one of the hottest Septembers, if not the hottest, on record in the Territory. Uh, get in touch with us uh, on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or call us on 233 Joining us now on the line, we have uh, Gilly Wong, Chief Executive of the Consumer Council, uh, also Zilai Shan, Deputy Director of the Society for Community Organisation, or SOCO for short, and Dr Mo Pak Hong, economist, a Hong Kong-based uh, local uh, economist. Um, Gilly Wong, if we could start with you, good morning. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Ada. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so... Um, what sort of complaints and what number of co complaints have you received uh, at the Consumer Council since the start of the voucher scheme? Um, since the start of the uh, Consumer Voucher Scheme, um, because we have done uh, quite a lot of consumer alerts and also um, at the back, uh, the liaison with different trade associations about uh, uh, possible um, our trade practices, we managed to um, uh, um, um, to lower the uh, number of complaints properly from the market because uh, the consumer are more aware about um, the malpractices. Uh, so, uh, and also the traders, you know, also behave, you know, in, uh, in a better way. So, uh, by far, we received about 293 cases, and out of that, uh, 118 cases is about 40 percent is about the payment platform, the full payment platform. And um, out of that uh, 118 cases uh, are related to the payment platforms, um, it is quite equally split between uh, amount, Octopus, Tap and Go and Alipay. Mm -hmm. And WeChat Pay encounter the least um, complaints from the consumers because they, they are... They are there are less promotional offers and also less technical problems from WeChat, uh, apparently. So it encountered only seven cases. But for the rest, um, Octopus, there are 37 cases. Uh, Tap and Go, 40, and also Alipay. Uh, Hong Kong is about 34. 
And uh, if we look at it from um, the industry perspective, because the rest of the uh, complaint obviously is related to uh, the dispute with different um, restaurants, uh, shops, etc. And um, restaurants and also electrical appliances, um, and then followed by supermarkets and then online shops, encounter the most um, complaints <coughs> from consumers. Um, restaurant, there are 27 cases, likewise for electrical appliances, supermarket, 19 cases, and online shop, about 13 cases. So um, out of all these, um, there are quite a number of uh, complaints. It's related to their quality of service, um, the non-delivery of goods, and also price disputes as well. Mm. Um, talking about uh, food staples, uh, because a, a number of uh, complaints recently have been about uh, supermarkets, uh, pr prices going up in supermarkets for things like uh, bags of rice and cooking oil uh, and what have you. Um, what, what would you be your advice to consumers, what to do about that? Well, we also receive uh, quite um, some complaints. As I said, we receive 19 cases from about supermarkets. Uh, a portion of it is related to um, uh, the complaint about the price increase. Uh, mostly the complaint is related to um, the food staples that you mentioned. Uh, and a number of them actually is about um, the house brand of the supermarkets. All in a sudden, the price has increased uh, quite substantially. Um, so that's why they want to file uh, as a record. Um, we have the online price watch, which is an online tool to monitor um, the price of several major supermarkets in Hong Kong. Uh, we observe the fact that um, they are, um, it is on the rising trend, but on the other hand, because different suppliers, they have different promotional um, tactics, um, and also they have different cost um, um, consideration. Um, there are a portion of the, um, the products uh, have increased in price with less promotional offers. But on the other hand, there are um, some traders, suppliers, um, they also try to uh, capture more business uh, by uh, lowering the price as well as um, uh, having more promotional offers as well. And a, and a substantial portion as well um, also remain no change without any change at all. So um, I think um, to consumers, the best advice that we could offer is if you are always follow one brand and also increase the price quite substantially recently, maybe consumer has to... Um, consider whether they want to change a brand, um, try something else, or maybe have to go to different shops to uh, compare price even harder uh, before you decide whether you want to purchase at that particular shop. Because uh, certain consumers, they may have the pattern of going to the same shop all the time. But if uh, all of a sudden you observe a very substantial jump in the price, it may be the time that you have to compare mm, a little bit right. more uh, in order to get the best deal. Right. Um, with the second installment of the vouchers, you know, opening for use from Friday onwards. Um, do you expect um, more complaints? And what what do you think will be the the concern areas? Um, the um, original concern about whether the consumers can receive um, the consumption voucher properly, the technical problems should have been eased um, for the second phase. Um, but what we believe is. Um, um, in terms of the payment platform, I hope they can in, uh, improve on their customer service because um, beforehand there are lots of complaints about their poor uh, customer service. So I hope this time they could improve as well as their 
promotional offers, um, they have to make it more reliable and more easy for um, for consumers to access, as well as to clearly communicate if there's any quota exist. Um, so this is um, the advice to payment platform. But for the merchants, um, there are several things you know that they have to uh, be reminded of, um, especially about um, the refund and also the um, surcharge as well as minimum uh, spending amount. Because in the past, we also encountered quite a lot of complaints about these. So I hope the merchant um, strictly follow. There's no minimum charge. There's no surcharge. Uh, and also in terms of refunds on different payment platforms, they can handle it effectively. Uh, in case of any dispute, they should resolve it quickly with the payment platform as well. Right. But for consumers, I guess um, another advice could be uh, we don't have to spend it all at once. And uh, uh, we, we can shop around and look at the different prices. I'm quite sure that the prices are going up. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and also some advice as well is about the prepayment. Um, uh, in the past, uh, we observed quite a lot of uh, promotional offers from um, prepayment services like beauty or healthcare, um, um, uh, health club. Um, all these prepayments um, has to be carefully considered because many of them actually the amount will exceed um, the electronic payment voucher that you can um, entitle to have and you have to pay extra for that. And in case of any um, business closure that recently we encountered a major one already, then the consumer will encounter quite a loss uh, on their prepayment, especially for those that are making installment, that you're making a loan from the bank. Right. Um, so those are, have to be, be mindful. But uh, would supermarket uh, prepayments uh, be more safe, I would say? Because I have noticed that some supermarkets do offer, uh, for example, you pay ten, uh, you pay 1000 but you get 1200 worth of um, coupons. Um, it is more safe in terms of they will not close the business easily. But on the other hand, you, have, you still have to look into details about um, the expiry date of the voucher. We also encounter um, complaints about when they receive uh, some bonus uh, coupons, um, those expire fairly quickly. So if you don't look at um, the expiry date and also the terms and conditions, maybe um, the, the extra bonus that, we re that you receive um, can, uh, will not be of use uh, in case you miss the deadline. Okay, well, Gilly Wong, thanks very much for joining us on the programme this morning. Um, I know you have to go, but uh, thanks for your time. Um, so um, let, let's bring in our other guests, uh, uh, Dr Mo Pak Hung, uh, Hong Kong-based uh, economist. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, so um, tell us, uh, what do you think? How much of these price rises is down to uh, greater demand caused by the issuance of the consumption vouchers uh, than just uh, businesses and shops just putting up their prices to, uh, to get a better reward? Um, there are many factors uh, driving the price rise. Uh, one reason is that um, uh, the West, particularly U.S., brings a lot of money uh, in recent year. So uh, when there's a lot of money uh, circling, U.S. dollars circling around the world, it will drive uh, the price up. And, uh, and therefore, you can see that uh, the export and uh, performance of Hong Kong and China, probably other eco economies, does not suffer a lot, and uh, in, in fact, increase to, uh, in recent uh, months. So, um, however, uh, the price, uh, uh, the increase in price uh, due to the U.S. dollar uh, supply, is suppressed by the virus situation, pandemic situation in, men, in most countries in Hong Kong also. And therefore, under that situation, the two factors offset each other. So under that situation, the retailers and uh, 
uh, is very cautious to increase the price due to the due, due to the uh, cost increase due to cost increase. Um, in that in that in, in this situation, um, normally the wage rate will in, will decrease in order to reduce the cost pressure uh, for uh, that can reduce the cost pressure of the suppliers. However, in Hong Kong, we have the minimum wage situation. So therefore, and, uh, there's no way for the uh, producer, for the supplier, to reduce, to, to, to uh, accommodate the situation by reducing the cost of production. Uh, uh, cost of production. And therefore, the only way the supplier can do is to cutting their profit margin mm-hmm. during the pandemic situation. Right, Dr. Mo, um, yeah. uh, coming back to the e-vouchers, and uh, we had one installment already. We will have the second installment um, available for use. Uh, do you think this will affect um, inflation? Now, uh, the, the story is like this. And, uh, when, when the suppliers uh, cut their profit margin to accommodate the situation, however, however so there's a lot of suppliers there to raise their price due to the cost increase. The uh, consumption voucher gives them a chance to move together, to collect as a collective signal, to uh, so that all of them will increase the price to get back to the in want to get back to the normal profit margin, and in order to reduce the pressure from shutting down due to the decrease in the average demand and raising and the increase in the cost. So therefore, the first issue of the consumption voucher gives them a signal. To, for them to raise the price uh, collectively, and therefore you can see there's a, there are some mal, mal, uh, malpractice. However, most of them probably is uh, in order to adjust the profit margin to the normal level or preventing uh, from shutting down the the, the, the operation. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we can increase a in, uh, collective increase in the price. Okay, Celia uh, uh, Shan of Soco. Good morning. So, um, obviously, price rises have a, a disproportionate impact on the uh, more low-paid members of the community. Uh, so, how concerned are you about uh, about reports of uh, of yeah, uh, we, we received inflation? Many complaints yeah, uh, from our clients, and they they typically they not easily go to a supermarket, but because of the consumer vouchers, they go also go. And uh, and they are not able to consume a big amount to have any or anything. But um, they find actually the basic necessities, the the price is still going up, and uh, they they feel surprised, uh, disappointed because um, they have more business because of consumer voucher. But why they increase the the price? And and that is unfair for for those uh, underprivileged. Yeah. So, so for example, you know, what have they noticed? Uh, which are the items uh, in the uh, supermarkets that have uh, risen? Quite um, a lot. They, yeah, yeah. For example, the food or, or those cleaning uh, uh, items or all the other things. Yeah, they, they they want to buy for their daily use. Yeah. So, well, well, actually, you know, e-vouchers are, are, are limiting in in such a way that you have to go to uh, places uh, with uh, the e-payments, uh, whether it's Alipay or whether it's... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, some of the 
small store, they don't they don't uh, uh, have that kind of uh, e-paying. So they 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 need to choose to those have the uh, e-paying. Yeah. Do, do you so know that uh, these small, smaller shops uh, are installing Octopus or other e-payment gateways? Uh, only, a f- only some of them, but some of them still not no e-paying. So, so in a sense, you know, these uh, smaller shops, in particular the neighborhood shops, are really not getting the business. Yeah. Is that yeah, how you yeah, have observed? I- yeah, yes, we we observe that. Yeah. How, how, um, how could uh, you know? How could consumers, in particular, you know, those uh, uh, from your area, you know, they they need to buy really the cheaper things. Uh, you know, how could they get together to um, to do something together or to purchase together? Could that happen? I, I don't know. For the for the consumer voucher, it's hard for them. For example, for uh, uh, if they have cash, we can help them to. Uh, collective purchase and they have this kind bigger discount but for the consumer uh voucher you you have because they cannot pay for for the, you you need to pay individually that would be very hard to do to do that um for for the lower paid uh sila shana how important is this consumer voucher scheme uh actually um they they feel just uh they, they feel very hard to handle it, mm-hmm. and they they really uh, 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 want the government to have cash assistance for them rather mm-hmm. than the uh, consumer voucher because mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's it's hard for them to use uh, the the places they can go about to buy. So they have to change their consumer uh, uh, um, consumer method. Channel because before they don't go to that. We did have a, we did see a few weeks ago um, a, a and number. And they need to buy cheap, uh, more expensive uh, uh, necessity. Yeah. yeah. Um, there were quite a number of uh, elderly people who uh, staged a bit of a protest at a, a, a yeah, government yeah. office Some because they, they, they hadn't received their. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Some that, of them they even yeah. yet received because the uh, administration process is too low. Uh, uh, Low and then um, and some of them they um, they thought they just write uh, fill the form would be okay and doesn't know fill the form is uh, the process lower than those uh, you apply online. Mm. And has that situation been been resolved, to your knowledge? Uh, they they are applying, but haven't yet. Some of them haven't yet uh, received the uh, the voucher. You mean there are still people um, whom you know uh, who have yeah, not yeah, received, haven't yet, haven't yet uh, uh, not, yeah. haven't yet received the first instalment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are are they in big numbers? Um, it's, uh, it's not big. <laughs> number compared to the whole population, but it's a big number for those uh, underprivileged because before it's. Uh, uh, we, we're talking about uh, thousands uh, uh, over. I think it's before it's uh, uh, over sixty six hundred thousand applications haven't yet processed. Okay, yeah. that that seems quite a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we talked about restaurants before and the restaurants have received complaints and whatsoever. Uh, with uh, the lower paid people, you know, um, they more complain on the supermarket. Okay, they do. Would they use the money, uh, you know, to, to go out for a good meal? Uh, 
happen? Would they use the money, the extra, the e-voucher to go out for a good meal with the family? Uh, seldom. Uh, only a very few of them to be used, but more of them, they use it to buy the food. They have stayed at basic necessity in the supermarket. Yeah. So they come there a lot about the supermarket. They, they feel, uh, actually they feel angry. Why, why they increase their price? They're getting more uh, business. Yeah. Okay. Um, email here from a listener, Eric, says, uh, Dear Backchatter, I understand your points about possible rises in supermarket costs and possibly restaurant costs, but uh, Consumer Council, please do not ignore the massive inflation in food and commodity prices brought about by increasing both uh, triple-digit sea and air costs around the world due to COVID. Many restaurants, rather than gouging due to uh, government vouchers, are suffering very heavily, having to absorb all of these costs on the back of a year of social unrest and uh, COVID government restaurant closures since January 2019 and not being able to pass them on to customers. Um, uh, Mopak Hung, um, yeah. So, uh, this uh, issue of global supply chains being disrupted, um, how much of an impact is that having on Hong Kong? Uh, in Hong Kong, we are in a better situation because we are near, we are near the big supplier, in particular in the ASEAN as well as China. So therefore, supply, supply chain problem is not that serious in compared with the other uh, Western country, U.S., etc. Mm. So, um, however... Um, I think the key in Hong Kong is we have a very rich uh, labor market in Hong Kong. The minimum wage, the minimum wage only rise and does not decrease, etc. That will, that will uh, block the, the, the producer in Hong Kong. Uh, in case of the virus situation, they, they have no chance, no, no room to reduce the price by reducing the cost of production. So the only, way they, the only way they can do is shutting down or cutting the profit margin. And those big firms who can survive, many small firms probably will just uh, shut down already. The big firms will get the more and more monopoly power. And therefore, when they, get, they, have, they have much uh, more uh, bargaining power for raising the price, and, uh, and, uh, and therefore the consumer suffer. So therefore, making the market more flexible rather than really rigid as it, as it is now, then it can help mm. both producer as well as the consumer in the case of the, uh, uh, the re depression situation. So that uh, we should think about this. Okay. Uh, generally speaking, um, how beneficial uh, are the consumption vouchers for uh, stimulating the economy? Well, uh, in fact, uh, I think if, uh, if the fiscal structure is... Uh, reasonable, the, the voucher, the e-voucher should be making it regularly uh, before the Chinese New Year. The reason is uh, there, are so many, there are some pros and cons. However, in the Hong Kong situation, I think the, the pros, the positive effect is, is, is better than the negative effect. The positive effect is that uh, Hong Kong is suffering a uh, very uh, high income disparities, uh, the, 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 wealth, the, the well-being disparity situation. Some people are very rich and some people are very poor. So the, the e-voucher can uh, be released to very minimal extent on, on, on the poor and, uh, situation. 
the first. The second is, uh, particularly in the in the case of recession, we can stimulate the economy just as the intention uh, to, uh, of eVoucher today. So uh, making it regularly can uh, make the atmosphere better and uh, so promote social stability and uh, collective identity on the on, uh, support of the government. So therefore, um, if physical situation um, uh, is, is feasible, you can make it regularly. But um, we, we are not in a recession, right, Dr. Mo? Uh, I'm, you know, I certainly don't really understand economics, but, uh, you know, what is the impact of um, all these e-vouchers to the GDP, for example? Would it make a big difference? Uh, it, it won't make a big difference because the consumption investment depends on the future expectation of the economy. So a very short-term uh, transfer will not change the situation largely. So when there are positive institutional change, fundamental change, it will affect the GDP uh, substantially. That doesn't change a lot. Mm. So, yeah, so uh, are you expecting much of an impact from the second round of e-vouchers, which are uh, due to be uh, dispersed on Friday? In the case of the price adjustment, I think the first, the collective effect of the first e-voucher has already, uh, has already, uh, uh, has it's, already done. Yeah. So yeah. I think the second e-voucher effect on the price increase will not be large, mm -hmm. very, probably very minimal. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, stay with us. Uh, we've got to take a short break for the nine o'clock news. We'll be back at three minutes past. Um, get in touch. Our Facebook page, uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or uh, the best thing is give us a call on 233 A quick uh, look at the weather before we go to the news. Uh, mainly fine and very hot with a top temperature of about 33 degrees in the urban areas, a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. Light winds, the outlook... Mainly fine and very hot apart from isolated showers in the next couple of days. It's currently 29 degrees, humidity 73%. Very hot weather warning in effect. Girls and young men and women for decades. The Pentagon says the United States has successfully tested a hypersonic missile capable of five times the speed of sound. The free-flight test of the hypersonic air-breathing weapon concept took place last week. The missile was released from an aircraft seconds before its engine kicked in. It's the first successful test by the US of this class of weapon since 2013. Both Russia and China say they've built and tested similar weapons systems. And you're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back to Backchat with Ada Wong and me, Jim Gould. And this morning we're talking about uh, consumption vouchers and price rises in supermarkets uh, and other stores. And uh, before we uh, continue our conversation, uh, a few emails here from listeners to read out. Um, uh, Paul writes, uh, inflation is simply a tax and it's the most cruel of all taxes. It pushes up the price of food, leaving the poor to rely on handouts. It destroys the savings of people on fixed incomes. And worse of all, it puts, uh, people, it puts working people into ever higher tax brackets, allowing the government to take more money from them. The media, however, seems to disagree. Last month, RTHK announced that the public hailed spending vouchers. And in the US, we were told that 
Biden stimulus showers money on Americans, sharply cutting poverty and favouring individuals over businesses. Can anyone in the studio explain why such misleading headlines are used to soften up the public's perception of inflation? OK, we'll come to, back to that in a moment. Um, uh, S writes, uh, the YUU rewards at Welcome Supermarket have decreased since the launch. OK. Um, Rick says, uh, only Hong Kong people could look at free money and complain. Inflation has been with us and will remain with us. Get a grip. Okay, um, we have with us uh, on the line Dr. Mo Pak Hong, who's a, a locally based uh, economist. Um, how about that um, that um, comment by our listener, Dr. Uh, Mo, that inflation is it can be very damaging for people on fixed incomes and and the poor and so on. I mean, how serious an issue is it, especially now that uh, the inflationary trend uh, worldwide is on the up? Yes, you're sounding very faint. Can you, okay. can you get me over to the phone? Yeah, that's better, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that inflation is very damaging to the economy as a whole, and also the, particularly the poor, the poor uh, people. Um, and it will drive the income disparity and wealth disparity much, much larger than normal situation. So therefore, it's low good to in the long term and low good to the short term and low good to the poor, particularly. Uh, do you think the, uh, the the government here and governments elsewhere should be doing more about it? Uh, uh, it uh, there are some, I mean, uh, when doing uh, policy uh, choices uh, depends on lots of factors. Uh, one. It, now, normally, the, in, the, in, in economics, then uh, there is a trade-off between inflation and employment. So uh, when in the pandemic situation today, then uh, we have the balance whether we have to maintain the employment, maintain the operation of the collapse, uh, uh, prevent the collapse of the financial market, etc., and to balance the inflation effect of the printing money. And therefore, uh, the U.S. choose choose to print a lot of money in order to to uh, prevent the collapse of the financial market as well as to maintain the employment level. Right, uh, Dr. Mao, uh, yeah. before uh, the news break, Celia Sean actually mentioned that uh, for people who have a lower socioeconomic status, they always prefer having cash. And before, you know, the government has given us cash uh, by depositing the amount in in bank accounts. But this well, time it's totally different. This time it is in the form of consumption vouchers. You know, and, it, um, it depends on our situation. When there is a, there's some a basic necessity cannot be satisfied, then you should give out cash to the poor. However, when the basic necessity is already satisfied, and then the, the target is to uh, revitalize uh, the economy by uh, providing more consumption power and uh, stimulate the economy by when uh, the firms can do more business, then e-voucher is, uh, consumption voucher is uh, more effective. But what would you say to the fact that uh, the smaller shops uh, in the neighbourhood uh, will be less competitive? Yeah, that's and, correct. And there'll be a wider gap, you know, between the bigger chains, the supermarket chains, and your local store. So, so, so should government policy look like this? Uh, I think uh, uh, 
the electronic payment system is good to the whole economy and generate the external benefit to the all, all, all class of people, basically. So therefore, I, 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 I will, well, as, as, when financial situation uh, allow, I think it's, I think it's, it's good to the whole society to somehow subsidize the small business to have to build to, to build the electronic payment system. So the large company has no problem, has no problem, but small business, small suppliers who are barely subsistence. So uh, subsidizing having, having having electronic payment system, uh, uh, I think is is good to the society. Well, I have been frequenting, you know, like smaller eateries. Um, they don't even have octopus, and um, they said, "Well, we don't really have time to um, to apply for these electronic payment systems." And you know, they have not been that they have not benefited from the consumption. So uh, that is that's not, that is undesirable. So therefore, I suggest um, somehow the government uh, should help to. Uh, should help to uh, subsidize or, or free etc. to provide such uh, electronic payment system so that the small shoppers can uh, benefit from the e-voucher. Okay, a couple more emails from uh, listeners here. So Jay writes, uh, these vouchers are a good excuse for the government to promote digital payment. It certainly does not have to have the poor person in mind to help relieve their suffering. Most of the poor are hit by banking bills before you even start about buying food. And then, of course, all the consumable items that we desperately need. The prices have gone up. Let's have a watchdog look at cartels in the supermarkets. Yes, uh, poor man's restaurants have gone up too. To get my voucher, it uh, consumed six hours of my time. Certainly not idiot-proof. Uh, I had uh, to pay and use a telephone I didn't uh, want but need. I had to use a computer that I don't want but need, and I have to pay the Internet. Well, thank you very much, but this is made for the wealthy, not the poor. And... Uh, C.W. writes, uh, I would like to thank the government on the consumption voucher. Nice boost for almost everyone. The consumption voucher should be extended to the some 12,000 refugees who are living in Hong Kong and struggling to make ends meet. There are many NGOs doing good work, like uh, RUN, to support the refugees. The government should help out more to this group. Uh, that from C.W. Um, and... Uh, okay, uh, there's, uh, okay, this one from James says, May I encourage more people to consider hosting dinner parties at home? Even in our small homes, we can host four to six friends. And while buying the product is higher than usual, it is still cheaper than eating out, along with some drinks. The service is better and the toilet cleaner. Also, there's a greater freedom to speak honestly about recent developments without fear of arrest. Everybody just needs to contribute for the cost, which is usually less than a quarter of dining out. And you can also be in control of the music. That from James. Um, uh, in terms of business returning, uh, certainly uh, for the restaurant sector, it's been pretty good, hasn't it, Dr. Mo? I, um, I think they were saying the other day that it was back to 90% of pre-pandemic levels. Yes. Um, I think Hong, Hong, Hong Kong, basically, the GDP per capita has one, is one of the highest in the world. 
and uh, foreign and uh, Chinese tend to save a lot. Tend, tend to, the saving rate is quite high in, in the in most Chinese. So therefore, um, well, the, the necessity consumption is not a serious problem. And we have the transfer also, transfer system also. So therefore, when there's more extra money, then uh, they go to a restaurant and have a have a gathering, family gathering with friends and family members, etc. is normal. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Mo, you mentioned a few times about, you know, um, most people's basic necessities have been provided. Yeah. But I guess, you know, Soko, uh, she's gone now, but she might, um, you know, have a different opinion because there are still those, uh, for example, you know, uh, the recent mainland arrivals and um, the other people who are grassroots and... Uh, they certainly need more basic necessities, uh, you know, than dining out. Um, it's difficult to say. I mean, every economy and every society has some someone who can take care of themselves. So, um, as long as the as long as the majority and uh, it's okay, then the society will move forward and uh, with a stable, so so socially stable, etc. So. Uh, we should take care of them, but a lot in the policy-wise. But I uh, set up some uh, charity organization, etc., so to target on such group uh, deliberately. Uh, in the case of policy, uh, we should think about the overall effect on the whole society, overall effect on the ma majority of the people. So charity organization is always a must in, uh, to most society in order to take care those, those um, minorities, those small group of people cannot take care of themselves. But on a policy level, policy making level, then uh, that's difficult to uh, take care of them. Right. On, on the idea of uh, promoting digital payments, uh, surely the government is doing that this time, you know, with the consumption e-vouchers. Do you think this will be the trend? And um, what, what about those people who are, who are being left out, um, you know, in this digital world? Um, my, uh, individual well-being, individual wealth, individual uh, it, it depends on your individual behavior. And uh, policy is for the whole society, for the majority. As I said, charity organization can specifically helping them out, but there's a lot in the policy level. The government should set up uh, some charity organizations, subsidize them, and uh, urge them to take care of such people. So, uh, uh, in the, uh, because uh, the world is moving very fast, technology is moving very fast, we need to uh, accommodate the work to change situation, not only by the government, but also individually. So, uh, that's my point, mm. uh, my real point. Mm. I don't know if it's correct or not, but uh, the world is moving, working like this. That's well, well, you are an economist, and uh, all economists have their own uh, positions, uh, many different ones. But uh, uh, thank you very much for speaking to us uh, on the programme this morning. Uh, that's uh, uh, Dr Mo Pak-Hung. Um, thank you also uh, earlier to C. Uh, Lai Shan, Deputy Director of the Society for Community Organization, SOCO, uh, who was with us before nine o'clock, and also before nine o'clock to Gilly Wong, Chief Executive of the Consumer Council. Um,
now in a moment we're going to switch to uh, our second subject uh, of this morning and that is the persistent very hot weather that uh, we've been uh, enduring in this month of September. Um, just before we get there, uh, a couple of emails uh, relating to yesterday's uh, discussions. Um, uh, the uh, the second topic yesterday was about uh, um, uh, projects to recycle plastic bottles. Um, so uh, this one from uh, TC writes, uh, the 10 cents incentive is too low. It works out way below the minimum wage. It should be... It should have to be revised upward. Um, that's from TC. Just a bit of context there. That is, we were talking about reverse vending machines. I think there are 60 of them around the territory. Uh, you get 10 cents back for every plastic bottle you put in. I think there's a limit of 30 bottles that any individual can claim in one day. So that's not a huge return. That means if you put put in 30 bottles, collect and put 30 bottles into the machine, you get, you get $3 back on your octopus card. But uh, anyway, uh, TC makes the point that uh, the, the $0.10 cents incentive is too low and it should be higher. Um, Alan writes, um, recycling plastic bottles is just a greenwashing PR exercise to allow manufacturers to continue with, cha with change. Only a tiny part of the plastic supposedly recycled actually is reused. In Hong Kong, we know that most, perhaps all, of the carefully separated waste is simply sent to landfill or incinerated. The only solution is, uh, for plastic waste is not to make it. Drinking water in particular is totally unnecessary in plastic disposable bottles. I survived 30 years in Hong Kong without buying a bottle of water. Uh, back chat, on your desk, are there branded bottles of water? Why? Um, I've got one, I have to admit. Um, OK. Uh, is there a problem with the tap water in your studio? We don't have a tap in the studio. We do, of course, in the building. But uh, if not, why don't you pour a glass and drink it? I can see you recoiling in disgust at the idea. Thanks to decades of unrelenting advertising, people believe that tap water is undrinkable, a symbol of poverty. The uh, HKWSD, that's uh, Water Supplies Department, uh, does nothing to promote the quality of the water they supply. The Hong Kong government does nothing to put drinking fountains in the streets. Instead, they prefer to let corporations sell water in toxic containers and then throw them away. Uh, thanks for your point, uh, Alan. Um, I would say that uh, in my case, I do drink water straight out the tap at home, and, and I have done for years, and, uh, and I know it's treated, and it's apparently uh, very safe to drink. Um, this did become a sort of minor issue on uh, Backchat going back uh, two or three years, where uh, we just you know, ask listeners, well, do you drink tap water? Or do you boil it? Or do you drink bottled water? But uh, it's going to be an ongoing discussion, I guess. Um, anyway, turning to our final topic of the day, and that is the record number of very hot days that we've had uh, during this month, which could well mean that this September turns out to be the hottest September on record. It's looking very likely there have already been more hot days than in any previous, in any previous uh, September, I believe. Uh, there's another one today, and it looks like tomorrow and Thursday it's going to be the same story. Um, we're joined uh, on the line now by uh, Chan Pat Wai, who's Assistant Director of the Hong Kong Observatory. Hello, good morning. Thanks for joining to us. Uh, so, no so, so, what's the reason for the very hot weather this month? What are the main reasons? Uh, 
yes, uh, there's a weather system, what we call the subtropical ridge, which is a high-pressure system over, normally over the western North Pacific. And then the, in this September, it extends more westward and southward compared with the climatological position. So that, uh, that's mean, that means that it covers over southern China. As a result, uh, we enjoy the periods, uh, long periods of sunshine and also the winds are light. And uh, that gives rise to the, the very hot situation. So is this a particularly unusual situation? Um, not particularly unusual. Sometimes that can happen. But then uh, the uh, subtropical ridge this time turns out to be quite strong and persistent. So that that can happen before. But then uh, it's just year-to-year uh, uh, -year variability. But then uh, for this particular year, it so happens that uh, it uh, persists over the area for uh, a longer period of time. So, Mr. Chen, um, it is strange that we didn't really have uh, a big typhoon uh, this year yet. Uh, uh, but we, we saw this uh, typhoon that moved slowly from Taiwan to Shanghai all the way up north, and it was a very strong typhoon, and so the air was affected in Hong Kong. But other than that, uh, we didn't see any typhoons. Why, why is that? Well, for southern China, again, there's uh, what we call a subtropical region which uh, protects us uh, against uh, the intrusion of uh, the typhoons, so that uh, the uh, there are less typhoons are coming to are coming to us in this September. But but the hot weather is it because of the uh, of these strong typhoons, or is it because of a bigger issue of climate change? Um, it's mainly because of uh, what I call the subtropical ridge, which is a high pressure area, so that uh, we are under its protection, so that there are periods of uh, fine weather and hot weather. So it appears that uh, this is certainly going to be the hottest September on record if there have been more hot days than in previous Septembers already. Uh, yes, uh, the um, uh, average uh, temperature of this month, this September, right now up to the 26th of uh, September is uh, 29.7 degrees Celsius. Uh, it's said to be the highest because in the previous records it's just uh, 29 degrees only in a couple uh, in a few years, so that uh, we are said to be the hottest September uh, for this uh, year, and also the number of hot days and hot nights also from our record uh, uh, that turns uh, should be the highest because, uh, for example, for the number of hot days, uh, this. Uh, month so far, we have uh, 26 uh, days uh, uh, being the hot days, and then in the past, it's just uh, 10 days only in uh, September. Yeah. And also the hot nights, uh, uh, up to this moment, we have uh, nine nights uh, with uh, being the hot nights, and then in the past, it's uh, uh, just something like seven. So that uh, it's said to be the, the, the uh, uh, largest number of hot days and hot nights over this September. And it feels like we've had very little rain this month. Uh, yes, and then the, actually uh, uh, um, this month uh, uh, or in the, in the yeah, for this year, basically we expect uh, to have a below normal to, to normal rainfall. It turns out to be the situation. But then I have to point out, uh, rainfall is a very large spatial variability. So, for example, in the last month, uh, the, uh, um, the rainfall record normally we take that at the Hong uh, Kong Observatory headquarters at Kim Sa Choi. And then it's uh, below normal. But then in the new territories, in the northern part of new territories, that game can be very large, reaching something like 600 uh, millimeters. So that uh, um, yeah, there's a greater spatial variability in terms of rainfall. Over a price, uh, even though rather small, like Hong Kong. Uh, yes, yes, because especially when we're talking about sort of thundery weather and thundery showers, they can affect uh, one area, like you say, the Northern New Territories. Yes, I, I think they have had a lot uh, this month, haven't they, Where, whereas other parts of the Territory haven't. 
yes, and then the, I don't have uh, the statistics for me, but then the, uh, it turns out that in the uh, in new territories there are quite uh, some isolated uh, localized heavy rain and thunderstorms uh, over there uh, in this period, so that uh, um, uh, rainfall record is something more difficult to count. Mm. So, in these uh, very hot weather uh, conditions. Uh, do you offer any advice uh, for the public about uh, about how to cope with it? And, uh, I think uh, the most important thing is uh, really to look for the places uh, with uh, 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 well ventilated uh, instead of enclosing uh, uh, yourself in a in a sort of a closed area, and also to um, beware of heat stroke and also take waters. And then the, if you're outdoor the, and you, if you feel uncomfortable, and look for the shaded areas. I think the, uh, there's something that people the, know quite well the, how to cope with that. But then the, there are some additional advice about uh, the, um, uh, 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 the health conditions, uh, how they may deteriorate further. Uh, under very hot weather, so that uh, 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 that uh, has been included in our latest version of the precautionary measures for the very hot, for the very hot weather warning, so that uh, people uh, are encouraged to make reference for that. Yeah, because when the outside temperature reaches a certain level, it's actually difficult for the body to cool down, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, and of course, um, hiking is a very popular activity, increasingly popular activity in Hong mm. Kong, especially with uh, people not being able to travel so much uh, these days. Um, so, I mean, I mean, is it a good idea to go out hiking uh, uh, if, if there's a very hot weather warning, or, or, or is it necessary to take special precautions, like you mentioned, w you know, water, hat, and so on? Yeah, or is it better just, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the, uh, the, uh, the normal practice, and then drink more water and also avoid uh, staying under the, the exposed area for a long period of time, and we recommend to perform outdoor activities in the morning or late afternoon. In fact, uh, I would like to introduce our surface, our latest surface. There's a website uh, called the Hong Kong Hiking Trial to Weather Surface, and then it provides uh, the weather information over the uh, uh, most uh, or the major hiking trials in Hong Kong up to the next seven days. You, so you can choose your particular route, and then that they will give you the, the uh, uh, regular forecast in the next seven days and so that you can make reference to the temperatures and also the weather conditions from that website. Okay, that's great. That's very interesting. Is that available uh, via the observatory website? Or? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. You can go there and then uh, uh, um, that uh, will be useful for your planning of your activities. So, um, Mr. Chan, uh, looking back uh, in the last nine months, uh, is uh, this year hotter than the last previous years, do you have any statistics on that? And do you think that um, you know Hong Kong will get hotter and hotter in the future? Um, for this year, still uh, we have uh, three months to go, so that uh, it's uh, still difficult to conclude. Uh, but then, uh, according to our weather forecast uh, for this year, uh, as issued earlier, in, uh, for example, in March, uh, and then uh, we uh, consider that uh, the temperature uh, in Hong Kong will be up normal to above normal for this year, and it's said to be the one of the uh, amount of the, high, the 10 highest uh, temperature records uh, in year is said to be the, like this. Uh, that's our forecast. So um, still we have to wait for the next three months to, so that we can conclude about uh, the temperature situations. Um, uh, for longer term uh, uh, weather situation or climate conditions in Hong Kong, and then uh, I think there's a couple of things. One is about the climate change. I think there's a global issue. So Hong Kong is not, no exception. And second is about urbanization. So um, we normally we take the, the temperature record at observatory headquarters in the urban areas as the basis for uh, starting the long term temperature trend. Hong Kong. 
And then uh, in this area, there's uh, uh, is undergoing urbanization. So that uh, in the recent uh, uh, 20 years or 30 years or so, basically the rise in temperature is uh, uh, is uh, steeper compared with the the longer the longer term trend uh, back to the summer 83 when the observatory was just open. So that uh, in the recent years, the, uh, really that's uh, the effect of the uh, climate change and also the urbanization that gives rise to a more steeper rise in the temperature. Okay, well, well, we'll soon be into October by Friday the 1st. Uh, uh, it's coming Friday. Uh, uh, most of us look forward to October, around about the middle of the month when it starts to cool down. Um, do you have any projections for what we can expect next month? Um, I think uh, well, we are still formulating the, uh, the weather forecast and then the, the latest situation will be, uh, or the latest forecast will be posted in our website, so please pay attention to that. Okay, okay, will do. Well, uh, thanks very much for joining us uh, on the programme this morning. That was uh, Chen Pak Wai, who's uh, Assistant Director at the Hong Kong Observatory. Um, and uh, just before we go, uh, another email relating to our main topic this morning, which was about uh, consumer vouchers and inflation. Um, so Leslie writes, what Hong Kong consumers need to recognise is that food inflation is a situation exacerbated by the ongoing global COVID-19 pandemic where ingredient costs have continued to rise. Most ingredients and components cumulatively uh, by double-digit percentages and the shipping environment has grown increasingly expensive, delayed and unreliable with shipping costs rising by 659%. Um, overview of COVID-19 on the global food chain. Lack of farm labour, seasonal labour severely curtailed, produce and protein supply impacted. Food processing plants shut down worldwide, now open but operating at 50% capacity. Lorry drivers, global shortage of HGV drivers, meaning that uh, product cannot be shipped. Shipping, millions of containers stuck at sea worldwide, millions stuck in ports. Consumption vouchers help, but consumers need to understand that prices are rising across the board. That's from Leslie. OK, well, thank you very much for that. Uh, thank you to our guests this morning and to our listeners. And thank you to you, Ada. Thank you, Jim. Uh, OK, and a quick look at the weather before we go to the news summary and morning brew. Um, it's going to be uh, mainly fine and hot with a top temperature of about 33 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. Light winds, the outlook... Mainly fine and very hot, apart from isolated showers in the next couple of days, as we were saying. Currently, the temperature is at 29 degrees, humidity 74%. The very hot weather warning is in effect. No matter how fit we are, it is important to get vaccinated to prevent COVID-19. All along, we have received different vaccines to prevent infections. Vaccines will help create antibodies and memory in our immune system. When we come into contact with viruses in future, our immune system will quickly resist them. It is the simplest and most effective method to protect ourselves and others. Let's get vaccinated. The new summary with Todd Harding. Conservationists say the chief executive, Carrie Lam, should prioritise the development of brownfield sites for housing when she delivers her policy address a week on Wednesday. Greenpeace and Libba Research Community say a joint study of theirs had found 160 hectares of such unused former industrial sites, enough for around 50,000 public housing flats. South Korea's military has said North Korea has fired an unidentified projectile into the sea off its east coast. 
The launch comes days after the North's leader, Kim Jong-un's influential sister, Kim Yo-jong, a key advisor to her brother, dangled the prospect of an inter-Korean summit. And singer R. Kelly has been convicted of leading a decade-long sex crime ring, with a New York jury finding him guilty on all nine charges, including the most serious of racketeering. After six weeks of disturbing testimony, the jury deliberated just nine hours before finding the 54-year-old celebrity guilty of systematically recruiting women and teenagers for sex. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Sex and Costume Design, great interpreter of Beethoven. As well, also shy, quiet and retiring Goggy Council, co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. The side of what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning to you and welcome to Tuesday here on The Morning Brew. Tuesday means mostly Aussie day. Jazz are what with us after 10.30. All the news to fit the broadcast. And three more great Aussie bands for you. 11 plus is Eco Time with Dr. Merrin Pierce. Today he's joined by Dana Winograd, co-founder and director of operations at Plastic Free Seas. They're going to talk about the global nerdle hunt and other bits and pieces. Join them on Facebook Live. Now after 12, of course, it's Morris time. We're off to Melbourne to chat with our biz futurist. Following on from our previous talk about the dead internet. You remember that theory that in 216 the internet died and it's all bots and stuff now. We're going to find out if it's actually possible to turn the whole thing off for good. Boom. See ya. Like, is there a big lever somewhere that could accidentally be pulled, taking us back to the 1980s? Well, probably there isn't, to be honest, even though some would say it might not be a bad thing. But that does bring up the notion of things that have gone past the point of no return in their development. It's 26 minutes to 10 right now, here on The Morning Brew.